call for all of us to recognise and acknowledge the fact of occupation, to rethink the received colonial settler narrative. Good afternoon and welcome back to Deadly Justice. You're listening to Tallulah. Uh, this is our second episode of Scuttermob and we have a very special guest um, in today for our first interview. We have Stanley Francis um, and he is working for Brahms as a part of the Tackling Indigenous Smoking um, as an educator um, and is also a reservist soldier with the Australian Defence Force. Um, alongside this, Stanley also volunteers with St John's Ambulance in Broome um, and Stanley's been doing some really awesome stuff. We had Stanley come into our workplace and help out with a bit of um, tackling smoking, and um, he's done some really great great stuff for um, for Brahms. So it's really cool to see um, Stanley involved in, in tackling some issues that are really prevalent in um, the Aboriginal community, especially in the Kimberley. So how are you going, Stanley? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. No worries. So um, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so... Originally came to Broome when I was about three and then just grew up. Did my primary school here, St Mary's, and then went away for high school and did that in Aranmore and Needleville. Uh, graduated there 2011 and then came back to Broome and sort of worked around here. Yeah, nice. So um, tell us a little bit about the um, the tackling Indigenous smoking stuff that you're involved in. Yeah, so we're sort of, we're all about health promotion. So we're education, um, sort of early intervention and that. Uh, we do workplaces, we'd, we'll come out and do a smoke policy for your workplace. And we can also do education sessions at schools or at rehabilitation centres. We'd go out to Millie every couple of weeks and we do education lessons with the clients out there. And we'll also go to schools and do that. Yeah, no worries. So I guess your role is a little bit kind of similar to mine where I go and run kind of workshops with schools and, and also um, on occasion with Milia as well about um, some legal education stuff. And how important is that role, that preventative stuff? You know, I, obviously I do it from a legal perspective and you come from a health perspective, but it's so important to be, you know, talking to people about um, how we can prevent these issues and empowering people to be able to make those decisions themselves, educating them to know um, what the consequences of um, smoking are and, and actually how serious it is. And my understanding is um, smoking is is the most addictive um, kind of thing that you, you can get involved in. You know, it's really addictive and it's so hard to kind of to cut. And, and um, yeah, having you involved in, a, a, you know, a young person involved in actually trying to help people to break that cycle, it's really good. Yes, yeah, so going in earlier I think helps a lot. Um, things like cancer and that sort of kick in the later stages. So you want to try and get them cut down before it sort of kicks in and they've got no, no choice. Um, and then it's just the sort of education behind it. Not much people know what is in the cigarettes. And then you sort of educate them of the chemicals that are actually in it, what it does to your body. And then they'll start to realise that they should slow down at least. And they don't have to really quit. We sort of get them slowing down at first. And then once they're ready to quit, we'll give them the help they need. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think about those kind of effects that it has on your body. It affects like the tiniest small thing, like the the ability to smell is one of the biggest things that, you know, um, I think people don't realize like my mum was a smoker for 25 years and then um, and then quit, just kind of went cold turkey after she got sick um, about 10 years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. And um, one of the things she says she noticed was her sense of smell come back. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's such a basic thing that um, that people notice when they quit smoking. Um, and, yeah, like I said, so addictive. And I think about, you know, what it's like to actually smoke a cigarette. And it's not nice. It doesn't taste good. It's not a good feeling. Um, and I think one thing that I've also noticed, um, having experienced being a smoker myself, um, is is the effect it has on my mental health, actually. So when I have that cigarette in the morning, um, I get like kind of a big fluster of anxiety and I sit there and go, why am I doing this to myself? It's not a good feeling, you know. Um, <laughs> that being said, you know, I'm guessing that, you know, lots of people get, get those kind of experiences and, and it's such a, like I said, so, such a tough thing to break. 
that yeah. cycle such a habit and you sit there and you're like oh, i could really go for a smoke right now i could really go for a cigarette um and maybe you know what what so in saying that what's some of the stuff that you kind of teach people um in terms of like when they are going through the process of quitting like what are some kind of things that they can um do to kind of distract themselves or or um some strategies i guess do you have anything in mind so we'll set, we'll start off with setting up a sort of plan for them to quit and then get them to list their triggers so if they're they only drink when they or they only smoke when they go out drinking then we sort of change that for eating or changing the habit of putting something into your mouth to maybe have the packet of chips with you and then we've got so there's emotional triggers and there's behavioral triggers so you get emotional ones can be stress anxiety all that and lead someone to smoke and then the behavioral ones are just things that you learn so you just pick up a cigarette and just have it and you don't even realize you're doing it and then you, you can sort of change that so you instead of waking up and having a cigarette go for a walk and water the garden or something you can sort of distract yourself and then even that just delaying that sort of habit and then you can smoke later in the day and you don't need as much nicotine as you need wow that's so helpful i didn't think of it like that you know you, you you're saying that there's a whole lot of different factors that affect why people smoke it's not just the nicotine it's the behavior and the habit and whatever else um and i think also you know speaking from experience and then also observing is that a smoke can also mean like for people it's a social thing you know people go outside to have a cigarette because it's like their break from work and they go and talk to people and that kind of stuff so being able to do that in a way where it doesn't involve smoking i think is so important as well um that smoking plan is a really good idea because you think about people wanting to quit smoking they kind of go yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it but there's no actual plan in yeah. place to actually take the first step to do it. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. You guys you guys have got this kind of down pack. You've got a whole strategy, a whole, like, thing sorted to get people, um, you know, through the door and taking that first step and then the second step and whatever else. How cool. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your work with the Defence Force and then your volunteering with St. John's and all of that? Yeah, yeah. Um so originally enlisted with the army 29 or 2018 november and then did my training in 2019 early our early march ish and there's about four weeks of training in all the way in catherine so we sort of had to go away for a month without seeing anyone and locked away so it was it was good and bad because i had a small family at the time so i was sort of missing home but at the end of the sort of four weeks came back and everyone's all happy and sort of we all celebrated um and then i did a few courses last year so i did my ptco course which is a boat course it teaches you how to drive the boats that they have and how to bury them and hide them away and then we did army first aid with them um looking at doing a cfa which is combat first aid that's sort of tied into my um, uh, ambulance training at st john's so that's sort of, they're sort of leapfrogging off each other. So I learn things that I don't learn the other. I, I have a question in regard to that. I just wanted to know, you know, how many blackfellas are involved in this? Because this could be a really positive thing for young Aboriginal men to get involved in, you know, to keep themselves away from drugs and alcohol and, and um, distracted from suicidal stuff, which seems to be a real issue for Aboriginal, well, doesn't seem to be, is a real issue for Aboriginal people, especially Aboriginal men. So I wanted to know, like, how many Aboriginal blokes are, are involved in this and um, what what kind of are the positive things that come out of that um, for these Aboriginal blokes, I guess? So by memory, with North Force or the Regional Force Surveillance Group, which is from Queensland all the way up to Perth, We've got the Pilbara Regiment that does uh, Port Hedland up down to Perth. Then you've got Far East North Queensland um, or Far North Queensland Regiment and they do all of Queensland and then North Force does Northern Territory and bits of WA. And I think all together they're about 80% Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. So Queensland has a real high population of Torres Strait Islanders that work there. Wow. Um, so they go up through the Torres Straits as well and they do some work up there. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool, positive stuff, you know, keeping people away from negative lifestyles and negative habits and um, destructive kind of kind of cycles, I guess. That's really awesome stuff. Um, in saying all of this, what were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome to kind of get where you are now? I know you mentioned you've got a, a little family um, and you're, you're doing really positive stuff. What are some of the kind of po um, obstacles that you've you've been through 
um, to kind of reach where you're at? Um, I think 2011 was sort of the worst part of it. Um, got into the trouble with the police and there was sort of a downfall from there. And then realised that that's not where I want to be and see how disappointed my family was. And then that's how it sort of went up from there and just sort of strive to make them happy, I guess. And then sort of going and doing training and making them see that I could be a positive role model sort of made myself healthy and sort of raised my self-esteem as well and then from there it was just you know just trying not to go back down to that level that's awesome stuff to hear man that actually like hits me right in the heart because you know I, I've got so much um, you know so many family members that have been involved with the police and and I'm sure everyone has up in the Kimberley you know um, and it's so tough seeing people be involved with the police, go to jail, come out of jail and then go back into that cycle. And um, and not, not that it's like the fault of anything. It's just that people find that habit so hard to break and then there's, there's a whole lot of lack of stability and it takes a whole lot of courage to really pull yourself out of that. And then I think for me what, what you know, hearing that you've kind of been involved with the police and all of this stuff... Um, hearing that you can you can take that step and you can turn your life around and you can do positive things for not only you but for your family that's such a you know that gives me real hope because I think about like I said my family and and um and that you know that that is possible and people can do it and yeah so that's some really positive stuff to hear um so if you could give some advice to some of the listeners, um, especially some some of the young kids. What would you say? Yeah, I think the most important thing that was drilled into me is never give up. So if you've got a goal, just keep going to it. It um, doesn't matter how long it takes to get there, as long as you get your steps towards it. Uh, yeah, so just yeah, never give up. That's probably the main thing that I've learnt and been taught. And then the army's also drilled that into me, sort of don't give up until you're sort of, you can't do anymore. Yeah, look, and, and um, po- probably out of that, it comes the, the idea that um, hard work is is necessary, you know. Um, it's not easy to pull yourself out of that kind of stuff, you know, but putting in hard work and effort and then also when you think about the sacrifices that you've made to do army, um you understand that there are consequences for making these sacrifices but in the end it makes you a better person which makes you a better father or a better partner or a better brother or nephew or whatever else you know um so i think yeah so important that hard work and the stuff that you've been through and i think it's awesome to hear that you know you, you you're doing really positive things and and um and you're a very well-known role model in Broome. You know, I see your ads all over the newspaper yeah. and all over the TV and it's really cool to see. Um, and, yeah, and like I said, one of the things that really gives me hope is seeing that, you know, you've obviously you've been through a hard time, so you know what that's like. And then coming out of that, oh, yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us today. It's been really cool chatting with you and um, I hope to see really cool positive things in the future, especially in that tackling um, smoking stuff. Um, and hopefully maybe at some point we can work together to, to do some workshops or something on positive lifestyles. Um, yeah, like I said, your job's pretty similar to mine, very different kind of, um, what's the word, fields, but but same importance on educating people for preventative measures and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yep. thanks for joining us. Thank you. Now, I have one last thing. Yep. Do you have a song you wanted to recommend for our show? Ocean Eyes by Billy Eilish. Oh, I yeah. love that yeah. song. Okay, no worries. Ocean Eyes it is. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break and listen to Ocean Eyes by Billie Eilish. Please tune in after the song for some more Scudder Mob.
Good afternoon and welcome to Deadly Justice. You're listening to Tallulah. Uh, we have our second episode of Scuttlemob this uh, fortnight and we have our second interviewee for the show. Um, we have Stuart Jan. Stuart Jan is uh, working as a, the, or a youth engagement officer with Headspace and part of his role is getting young people involved in looking after their mental health. Stuart also is involved in Healthy Hoops, which is a basketball program um, that they host at Town Beach. And Stuart has just completed his Cert 4 in mental health, as well as having graduated from Scotch College and doing some really awesome stuff like travelling overseas for some basketball. Um, so, yeah, how are you going, Stuart? Afternoon, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Nice. So... Um, tell us about you and tell us about some of the really cool things that you're doing. My name is yeah, Stuart, uh, one of the youth, uh, youth engagement trainees at Headspace. Um, about myself, yeah, I grew up in Broome, uh, West Kimberley region, so Halls Creek, Fitzroy, Derby. Uh, about the basketball program, um, yeah, it's just something that, uh, that was initiated just for, to bring some of the young men down, get them engaged with the Headspace service so they can, um, just get familiar with the service and come down and have a yarn. We got to feed cooking same time, so it's around ten thirty. Yeah, cool. So with the youth engagement stuff, your role involves kind of getting young people more involved in um, in accessing mental health services. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how important that is, and um, and you know how essential your role kind of is um, with Headspace? Yeah, it's important to look after your you know well being and mental health, and just having people to talk to, friends and family. Sometimes you not always be the best, you know. So try to access the service. You know, Headspace is always there, and there's plenty more others out there. This part of my role would be uh just helping break down the stigma and um I guess the shame factor around you know accessing the uh mental health services. Everybody has their hard times, you know. Uh, but just having somebody in the service like myself or somebody that somebody that you know or got a familiar you know, face to come into and, you know, access the service is much better. Yeah, that's awesome. And and also, like you said, you're a local, you're from Broome, you're from the West Kimberley, so people know you and people, um, they're familiar with you and they feel comfortable around you. So having you and not only that, but also you being an Aboriginal person, like a young bloke around, people feel comfortable. They feel, like you said, like you're breaking down that stigma and that, you know, if you can work for Headspace and you can, you know, do positive things for your mental health then so can other people you know i think that's some really really cool stuff um and then also the basketball stuff like you mentioned how important sport and physical health is for your mental health and driving like uh driving that kind of stuff to be able to work on your mental health so that you have strategies and that kind of stuff yeah. to look after yourself yeah so yeah just down at the courts are the boys talk about the struggles and problems you know it's easy to talk about the problems that we have but, you know, breaking down the layers to the onion and want to talk about feelings and, you know, get all that stuff out. Having the sport there at the same time definitely um, makes it a lot better for them to, uh, you know, reveal themselves and um, get, get to know one another and have them, you know, make them bonds and relationships with another so they have somebody to, you know, talk to. Wow, so that's some really cool stuff, and and yeah, like you said, that that um being a safe space for for men to kind of open up about some some issues and some struggles that they're going through. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about um your kind of earlier life. So you were a student at Scotch College, and you graduated, and you were on a scholarship, and then you also had the opportunity to go to America and play basketball. Tell us all about um that kind of experience, like boarding school, and then also how. Um, I guess that's kind of shaped you to be who you are now. Yeah, uh, taking the opportunity to grab the scholarship and get out of you know get out of town um, was definitely a great opportunity for me to see what's out there, and um, it gave me uh, benefits from it. Was you know made lifetime friends out there like yourself, and just uh, see see what else is out there because we are you know always stuck in our one environment and uh, you know stuck in the cycle. So getting out, getting out of town was definitely one of the things that, you know, opened my eyes. And travelling overseas to America was definitely a big, one of my goals or dreams that I achieved in my life 
or wanted to wanted to you know do and i definitely want to do it again and i encourage all youth you know to have a look at scholarships and maybe getting out of town because going away you know playing sports or whatever if you're good at academics or whatnot you know definitely that will bring so many more opportunities like traveling overseas i got to go to nba games travel to different you know states and cities and come back and share it with my family and younger ones Oh, I love that. And, and you know, we met in boarding school. So, like, um, you know, we kind of went through that together. It's always really tough to kind of go away from your family and away from your crew um, and away from your home and all of that stuff. But definitely worthwhile, you know, the opportunities that come out of that, especially your opportunity to go to go to America. And then also you've got a younger brother, you know, the kind of opportunities and the kind of role modelling that provides your younger brother to see you do really positive things like that, you know. He's going to think that, um, oh, my big brother did that, I can do that too, you know. So that's some really cool stuff that you're doing. And and then also you think about, you know, your brother's um, friends and then your kids when you end up having kids and all of this kind of stuff. Like I just think, <clears throat> um, you know, really cool role modeling and then also the other thing to consider is me and you we little black kids from the Kimberley and we <laughs> you know and we had the opportunity to go to boarding school and to get out of where where we came from and meet people and you got to go overseas and you know really <laughs> like who would have thought you know so like you're saying just take that opportunity because it's so um worthwhile and so eye-opening and you can you can benefit so yep. greatly from that kind of stuff um and in saying that i know that boarding school was an obstacle for the both of us but what are some of the other kind of obstacles that you've had to overcome in your life to kind of be where you're at and then maybe even some of the obstacles that you're still going through or you know some things that are barriers for you um to still you know be achieving the kind of really positive things that you're doing yeah um definitely overcoming the the fears of i guess you know everything from you know, childhood, um, childhood, you know, adolescent ages that, you know, stuff, you know, domestic violence, all those, you know, stuff that you grow up in, all those fears that you, that you tend to carry on into, you know, your youth, um, and then your youth, you know, fears as in stereotypes and all of that stuff, you know, that you don't want to be, I don't want to be uh, seen as, and even on into my early adulthood, you know, like fears of not wanting to break the law or you know, be perceived as something you're not. Uh, these are all little things that could grow into bigger, but just, you know, having somebody there or having um, stable routines and a job or sports or whatever keeps me, you know, away. Yeah, and, and I think about how many of our families do we see going in and out of jail, struggling with these issues, you know. Like you said, you've had this childhood trauma, so you know what that's like, and that's that's relatable you know so many people have been through that and so many people have witnessed all of that kind of stuff so for you to be able to to take that on board and go actually I don't want this for my life I don't want this for my family I don't want to be doing this kind of role modeling for uh, my younger brother and all of this it's such a you have to have real courage to be able to do that but just really kind of brave and determined to be able to turn that around I guess so yeah some positive stuff thank you so tell us more about America. I think that's such an awesome thing, especially to go to America at such a young age. What was your favorite part? What was the coolest thing? Um, you know, this is for all of our younger um, audience listening, you know, wanting to travel and how important, like I'm somebody who values travel a lot. Like I like to travel. <laughs> yeah. I go overseas a lot, you know. And so um, that to me was like I went overseas. I went to London and Canada by myself when I turned 18. Yeah. So it's like such a like nerve-wracking thing but when I went when I got back I was like I can do anything now because I literally traveled halfway around the world by myself so that traveling overseas is so important I think um tell us about your experience in America and where you went and what kind of things you did and all of that um so we got to see like hockey games I've been to places that I've only seen on tv uh Venezuela Beach um Staples Center I've been to got to see two NBA games I got to see Kobe Bryant, you know, um, got to witness him play. Rest in peace to him. Um, what else? Uh, I guess I got to travel around 
it's a different experience. You travel on the left left side of the road, I think, or right side. Yeah, the bad. other side of the road. I remember yeah. my experience in LA when we were driving around in the Uber and I'm sitting on the wrong side of the car and this bloke, I'm thinking, oh, no, we're going to crash, we're going <laughs> to crash. Like, But they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, just seeing all the different shops and whatnot, um, my hotel was next to this place called IHOP. International House of Pancakes, which was... <laughs> I love IHOP, I love IHOP. And yeah. my favourite is the refillable hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> and that's open 24, you know, 24 hours, you know, 24-7. So that was um, another experience, yeah. Yeah, and like the smallest things in life, you know, yeah. you kind of think. But you think, how many people get to experience that? And that's because of an opportunity that you took, you know. Yep. You took an opportunity to go to boarding school. And as difficult as that was to be away from your family... It provided you with a whole lot of more like um, eye-opening opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah, um, just kind of to finish up, I guess, do you want to talk? Um, well, one thing I want to ask you is maybe some advice for our younger listeners because I know that you're a, you know, you're a well-known figure in Broome. People know you around and they see you working for Headspace and doing some really positive things. Um, do you have any messages for, um, yeah, particularly the younger kids? Yeah, to anyone going through struggles, keep your head up, you know. Uh, there's always there somebody to talk to. Uh, definitely use your services around town, um, and don't be don't be scared to face your fears. You know, stand up to your friends and family if you don't want to do what they say or whatnot. You know, um, if you got ideas and thoughts of what's best for you, take them choices because that's you know another lesson in life you're gonna have to learn. Yeah, and I guess that stems from what you were saying earlier about that childhood trauma. As much as we love our families, sometimes, um, you know, maybe families' choices aren't what's best for us or what's going to be best for us in the long run. So um, being able to kind of go against the grain and, and do what's best for you, you know, what's going to make your life positive and make your future positive, I guess, is is an important message and one that we don't hear much of. You know, we kind of hear, oh, yeah, keep going and da 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 but we don't hear, like, make those choices for yourself because, you know what they say when you're boarding a plane, make sure you fix your mask before you fix anybody else's mask because if you're past that, you're not, help- <laughs> you're not helping anyone, you know? So <laughs> look after yourself yeah, first amen. because then you can be a contributing member to your community. you got to be making sure that you're you're okay so that you can help other people yeah (laughs) positive message i think yeah really (laughs) cool um thanks for joining us on the show uh just one final last thing do you have a song that you wanted to request (laughs) little maze shine like the sunshine (laughs) okay love it (laughs) we'll check that on awesome thanks so much for joining us (laughs) bust Listen, I want to talk to you. Yo, life can be a struggle sometimes, I know you fed up. Lack that motivation in the morning when you get up. Life will take its twist and turns, but keep your head up. Pushing through the weather, hoping it'll get better. Man, this is drastic, we can't get past it. Tears in your eyes, why they love when Brenda casket? I hold you with my heart, but my heart is filled with pain. Looking at your picture on the wall while it's pouring down with rain. So many brothers gone, now we mourn and we grieving. Rest in peace to that king, little Stephen. It's time to make change, it's time to do good. What you know about? Helping out kids in the hood Tell me why we fight each other When we the same color I call it how I see it If you black then you my brother I say it from the heart Real talk, no lacking Fighting for the people Homie, we can get it cracking I'ma plant that seed To build that foundation The future of our nation The next generation Young brother, you can do it If the passion's in your heart I can see the talent Deep within your eyes It's a small We gon' turn it up We gon' turn it on right now Black, yellow, red On the flag in the house We on young brother We did it We on young brother We did it you feel me and you with me, can you stand up? Put your colors in the air, throw your hands up Young Tina, young water, this is your time Young Tina, young water, shine like the sunshine Constantly walking off the beaten track 
Follow the laws of the land Holding the strength of the people within the palm of your hand Spread your wings like an eagle, now you fly in the field Striving for the opposite to what society feels I see a group of blacks, you tell them yeah, that's And every time they knock you down, you gotta Get back up yeah. Cause we're the youth of the nation, the future generation Since the invasion, race is debating every conversation Patiently waiting, now we stand together My black brothers, I'm telling you, the time is now or never Been here forever, look inside and searching your soul It's in your DNA, dream time, stories retold Yep, frequencies let your soul gravitate Singing them song lines in the night so we can navigate Look to the stars, reach for the stars and you can fight the struggle All of my people steady doing it, just keep up the hustle We gon' turn it up, we gon' turn it on right now Black, yellow, red on the flag in the house We on young brother, we did it We on young brother, we did it you feel me and you with me, can you stand up? Put your colors in the air, throw your hands up Young Tina, young brother, this is your time Young Tina, young brother, shine like the sunshine Daddy from the southwest, I'ma inspire all the Kulingas to chase their dreams. On top of that, I'm a role model, so I'ma make sure I'ma send them all in the right direction. Look in the mirror, you see a reflection of yourself. All I can pray for is my people for better health. And life expectancy of my people was at an all-time low. On top of that, you had deaths in constantly high incarceration rates. Daddy, don't get me started. It's a snowball effect, and all we want from our country is just to show us respect. We're the oldest living culture in the world, but that comes some of our people still living like we in the third world country. You can't paint a sword with the same brush. We We all different, Australia please listen Can we all come together as one? This is our time, we gon' shine like the sunshine We gon' turn it up, we gon' turn it on right now Black, yellow, red on the flag in the house We on young brother, we did it We on young brother, we did it You feel me and you with me, can you stand up? Put your colors in the air, throw your hands up Young Tina, young brother, this is your time Young Tina, young brother, shine like the sunshine Stereotyping me right from the very start From the way that I look without looking inside my heart Racism it exists in the city that I live Getting hassled in the supermarket shopping with my kids Don't ever let them break your pride, we gon' fight the system Talk about, walk about ceremony, tradition Stay strong to your culture, shake your leg in the sand As the sun goes down, you belong to this land Stare at the mirror, see my reflection Young black leaders standing looking in my direction Cause I'm strong and proud, I'll show you how I'm gonna lift you up And never bring it down Pressure and pain, to strengthen your name We gon' turn it We gon' turn it, it, up. Gon turn it on right now Black, yellow, red on the flag in the house We on young brother We did it We on young brother We did it You me and you with me, can you stand up? Stand up. colors in the air, throw your hands up Young Tina, young brother, this is your time Young Tina, young brother Shine like the Good afternoon, you're listening to Deadly Justice with Tallulah. Uh, this uh, is our final interviewee for this episode of Scuttermob. Uh, we have Sophia Short. Um, Sophia is a uh, young girl from Kununurra and, and she's studying at TAFE, um, interested in doing some graphic design. Sophia was also a student at PLC um, and graduated a few years ago and um, is interested in um, possibly looking at doing some art in the future and, and maybe um, starting her own business in, in art and um, consulting. Uh, so how are you going, Sophia? 
I'm going great, thanks, Tallulah. How are you going? Yeah, not bad. It's good to hear from you. We haven't spoken for a few weeks. Um, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so good to hear from you. Um, so tell us a little bit more about you. We're interested in, um, in you and, and um, kind of the things that you're doing. Oh, okay. So I'm from Kananara. I'm a Jaru girl. I'm currently just finished um, year 12 at PLC. I was there for five years. Previous to that, I did homeschooling for six years. So then I transitioned in 2016 and just graduated in 2020. Um, I'm currently doing a um, part-time job at Coles and I'm just figuring out what I want to do for the future. I'm really interested in art, so possibly starting up my own business next year or um, also there's a new TAFE course starting with graphic design down in Perth. So I would go down there maybe once a month or so. So I'm thinking about doing that too. Yeah, awesome. That's some really positive stuff. Um, sorry, I hadn't realised that you graduated this year. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I only graduated um, maybe like a month ago, not even, yeah. Oh my gosh, congrats. I'm sitting here thinking, oh no, yeah, she graduated a few years ago. That's awesome. Really cool stuff. So, so um, you know, getting getting into the being an adult and adulthood and all of that that stuff it's really new and fresh and a bit nerve-wracking I I remember you know I'm not that old I do remember what that was like (laughs) um but yeah really cool okay so some bright bright things for the future I guess and art that's that's really cool you know the art's definitely something that I'm passionate about I love painting and I've seen your artwork it's really cool um graphic design yeah cool so you know you were you did the Kimberly Girl program with me and that was some uh, really positive stuff that we kind of got out of that. What was your experience of that? Oh, it was a great experience. I do not regret doing that. At, at the start, when I first applied, I was really scared. Um, people were pushing me to do it. They were like, oh, you'll enjoy it, you know? And I kind of had um, some, like, low confidence and self-esteem. So when I applied, I was like, okay, just, like, try new things. Um, so I tried it out, and the minute I met all the girls, it felt so, like, welcoming. And, like, how I sat on stage felt like a second family. Like, everyone was in the same boat, you know? They were all scared of what was going to happen. But um, once, I, once I did it, I just, like, realized what a great opportunity I had. And, yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Look, that kind of stuff with um, having kind of low self-esteem before you go into the program seems to be a bit of a general consensus. I know that I, that was something that I struggled with before the program and, and speaking to previous Kimberly Girl participants, um, that's definitely something that they struggled with as well. And you were you were crowned runner-up, so how exciting, you know? You, you kind of go in there thinking, oh, yeah, this will be some really positive stuff, meet some girls, and then you don't really expect to be crowned, and then it's like such a, it's such a rush and adrenaline kind of feeling, I guess. So congrats, and, and so, so stoked that you, you managed to place really cool. And then also using that, I guess, as a platform to do some positive stuff for um, for for our fellow kind of Aboriginal women and younger generation girls, I guess. Yeah, thank you so much. No, um, at the end, I kind of forgot it was a competition, you know? Like, I was just so, like, in the moment with all the girls, enjoying all the activities and all the lessons we had, the workshops, you know? And just, I forgot about it. Like, at the end when they announced, I was like, oh, wow, I forgot that there was actually, like, runner-ups and winners, you know? Because at the end of the day, I think we were all winners. And yeah, it was just great. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's kind of the mentality you've got to have when you go into it because this is, this program is not a pageant. It's not a beauty thing. It's about empowering yourself and empowering women and then empowering um, younger generations. So you've got to, you, you do forget because those, those programs that you go through in the, in the two weeks of uh, the course, you know, they're, they're all about um, building confidence and leadership and um, work readiness and um, self-esteem stuff. So, yeah, you do forget. It was kind of strange that final night. <laughs> I felt like it was such a, you know, huge build-up. And then that final night, it was kind of like everything went so quickly and then you you, you, you kind of forget that that's, that's actually, like, the Kimberly Girl event. That's what everybody waits for. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Tell us a little bit more about your business. What kind of stuff are you looking looking to do? You, you want to do art and that kind of stuff. So what, what will that involve? Um, well, right now, with a lot of art, um, there are a lot of Aboriginal artists, but I've never really seen a lot like um, like young Aboriginal artists, like in the teenage kind of category. And with my art, I love expressing like Aboriginal culture, culture, culture and identity. And so I like doing kind of like realistic and contemporary art. So I like doing like faces of people, Aboriginal people, and putting like dot paintings in the background and just expressing tradition and culture through those. So I was hoping to like elaborate on that through drawing 
and also with the graphic design, hopefully being able to put it onto like digital stuff and like make copies of it and stuff, it should be good. Yeah, I love that idea of like contemporary um, kind of fusion between um, modern day art and then traditional art. I think that's really cool, and that's um that's yeah, like you said, kind of something that's really new to this space for Aboriginal artists. Um, so yeah, it'll be really cool to see what that looks like. I'll, I'll, you know, some of the art that I do, I do lots of portraits, but I don't do much um, like traditional Aboriginal art. So, so it'll be cool to see um, what that looks like, um, you know, coming together. What are, what are, you know, you obviously, like you said, I, I hadn't realised, but you just graduated. So tell us, <laughs> a, tell us a little bit about some of the obstacles that you've kind of had to overcome to get to where you are, obviously starting um, adulthood very new. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of struggles you might have, you might have gone through um, to kind of get where you are now. Yeah. Um, so previous going to boarding school. I went to school in 2016, so previous to that I did homeschooling for six years because we lived in a remote Aboriginal community community called Luma, and we moved to Kananara, and so I was the only pupil, and my dad would help me, and I was doing it online, so I was kind of just, when I transitioned in 2016 to Perth, it was a big shock, you know, because I went from one pupil to a thousand, and I lived with 145 girls in the boarding community. And um, I got the chance to be reconciliation captain. So I got to um, work with um, 30 beautiful Aboriginal girls. And it was just kind of like a wake-up call, you know, because I was very, like, immature. I was independent. I was very, like, like I said, low self-esteem. But um, I think PLC really worked me on that and built up my confidence with public speaking and expressing myself and just being myself, you know. Um, But it was very hard being away from home for those five years. You missed out on, like, family opportunities, like, funerals, stuff like stuff like that. It was very hard. But um, in the end, it kind of built you as a person, and I'm so glad I went. Yeah, absolutely. And um, myself uh, also and one of our other interviewees on this episode, um, Stuart, talks about um, our, we both had a chat about our boarding school experience. Um, Stuart and I were in the same year graduating so we kind of went through that boarding school experience again together so yeah it is difficult being away from family and being away from home Um, and it's definitely like something that that you know you don't want to have to make that choice to go elsewhere to get the education you kind of need but um, it's unfortunately a choice that you have to make when you're living in the Kimberley and when you're living so remotely so definitely a difficult choice that we both decided to to make and Stuart and I were both lucky enough to receive a scholarship so we went we went down to Perth and did all of that and and the opportunities that came from that especially for Stuart you know he was a basketball uh he 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 played basketball overseas and that came through going to Scotch and so the opportunities that are provided when you go to boarding school are definitely definitely like kind of one of a kind but then again you do have to make some serious sacrifices to to make those choices so yeah yeah definitely no because um in PLC it's a very like white dominated area you know there's only not many aboriginal people so going from your community where you feel safe with your family to being out in the open world you know it's very like it kind of shocks you a bit but um they were very welcoming which is good but there are certain barriers and like boundaries i guess that you kind of have to like work on and get used to but um yeah and also i got to expand on my art which was great because back in um town now i didn't really get the opportunity but when i went to perth i took some courses and stuff so i got to I would do what I was passionate about, you know, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, you know, I know that kind of feeling of being in a very kind of, um, you know, white-dominated, um, I guess, that, that's the word you want to use, like, place, you know. It's very strange and big city and all of that stuff. It's 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 nerve-wracking and it, it reminds me actually of my first trip over in London. I, I was living in Pitro at the time and I'm, I went to London for three weeks or something and I was like going from Fitzroy to <laughs> London within like two days and I got to London and was going oh my god there is just way too many people it was so scary so I definitely understand that feeling but yeah look some really cool stuff uh just just another question I guess what what kind of advice would you give for some young people kind of going through this the same struggles or similar um, kind of obstacles that you've been going through to kind of reach a point where they're feeling good about themselves and they're they're on a path to doing some positive positive things. What kind of advice would you provide? Um, just be confident in yourself. You know, like I feel like we doubt ourselves a lot and we think we can't do it. You know, like oh, I'll give up. I can't do it. But if you just if I had that mentality, I wouldn't have graduated. I wouldn't have pursued my art. 
you know. I, the first year I went to boarding school, I wanted to quit. I was like, Mom, take me home. I'm sick of this. She was like, stick it out the year. So I did. And then I stick it out the second, third, you know. So you just need to push, be um, persevering, you know, determined. It can be very scary um, trying out new things. But you never know if you won't like, like it if you don't try it, you know. That was like with the Kimberly Girl experience. If I didn't try it, I wouldn't have met all those amazing Aboriginal girls, you as well. Just try out new things and just be confident in yourself. Don't let your doubt um, stop you from doing something you want to pursue. Yeah, that's some awesome advice and, and um, something that kind of is consistent over this show. You know, we've had, you'll be our sixth um, guest on the show and that's something consistent that we've heard throughout is just that don't give up thing. And the other thing that I'm hearing from um, from what, you, what you've just said is kind of take it one step at a time, you know. You're going, oh yeah, I'll just stick it out for a year and then I'll stick it out for the second year and then I'll stick it out for the third year. And then before you know it, you've got five years done and you've done, you're graduating high school. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of that. Just take it one step at a time because you never know if you're just doing one one thing at a time. Before you know it, you'll be you'll be um, graduating and you'll be moving on into adulthood and doing some really positive stuff. So yeah, really good advice and something that we definitely um, need to be kind of um, emphasizing for our younger younger kids is just just don't give up. You just give it one one step at a time, and um, you don't know until you don't until you try. So yeah. Really cool stuff. And look, it's really great to talk to you. Thanks for joining me on the show. It's it was awesome meeting you and, and having you as one of my peers in, in throughout the throughout the program and um also, you know, meeting like minded people that are interested in doing good things for themselves and good things for their communities. So thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you again. Yeah, awesome. Just one last thing, do you have a song that you would request for our show? A song? I, I love that song, um, Over the Rainbow. Really, oh. really famous song. Yeah, we'll chuck that one on. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, heaps. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this fortnight. Um, we will end the show with Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Catch you next fortnight.
Yeah.